0: drama on one sundays at 8 p.m rte.ie forward slash drama on one drama on one she leaned for a moment on his arm and getting out of the cab and while standing at the curbstone bidding the others good night she leaned lightly on his arm as lightly as when she had danced with him a few hours before he had felt proud and happy then happy that she was his proud of her grace and wifely carriage But now, after the kindling again of so many memories, the first touch of her body, musical and strange and perfumed, sent through him a keen pang of lust. Under cover of her silence, he pressed her arm closely to his side, and as they stood at the hotel door, he felt that they had escaped from their lives and duties, escaped from home and friends, and run away together with wild and radiant hearts to a new adventure. An old man was dozing in a great hooded chair in the hall. He lit a candle in the office and went before them to the stairs. They followed him in silence, their feet falling in soft thuds on the thickly carpeted stairs. She mounted the stairs behind the porter, her head bowed in the ascent, her frail shoulders curved as with a burden, her skirt girt tightly about her. He could have flung his arms about her hips and held her still for his arms were trembling with desire to seize her and only the stress of his nails against the palms of his hands held the wild impulse of his body in check. The porter halted on the stairs to settle his guttering candle. They halted too on the steps below him. In the silence Gabriel could hear the falling of the molten wax into the tray and the thumping of his own heart against his ribs. The porter led them along a corridor and opened a door. Then he set his unstable candle down on a toilet table and asked at what hour they were to be called in the morning. Eight, said Gabriel. The porter pointed to the tap of the electric light and began a muttered apology, but Gabriel cut him short. We don't want any light. We have light enough from the street. And I say, he added, pointing to the candle, you might remove that handsome article like a good man. The porter took up his candle again but slowly for he was surprised by such a novel idea then he mumbled good night and went out gabriel shot the lock too a ghastly light from the street lamp lay in a long shaft from one window to the door gabriel threw his overcoat and hat on a couch and crossed the room towards the window he looked down into the street in order that his emotion might calm a little Then he turned and leaned against a chest of drawers with his back to the light. She had taken off her hat and cloak and was standing before a large swinging mirror, unhooking her waist. Gabriel paused for a few moments, watching her, and then said, Greta? She turned away from the mirror slowly and walked along the shaft of light towards him. Her face looked so serious and weary that the words would not pass Gabriel's lips. No, it was not the moment yet. You looked tired, he said. I am a little, she answered. You don't feel ill or weak? No, tired, that's all. She went on to the window and stood there, looking out. Gabriel waited again and then, fearing that diffidence was about to conquer him, he said abruptly, By the way, Greta, what is it? You know that poor fellow Malin's he said quickly. Yes, what about him? Well, poor fellow, he's a decent sort of chap after all, continued Gabriel in a false voice. He gave me back that sovereign I lent him and I didn't expect it, really. It's a pity he wouldn't keep away from that brown because he's not a bad fellow, really. He was trembling now with annoyance. Why did she seem so abstracted? He did not know how he could begin. Was she annoyed, too, about something? "'if she would only turn to him or come to him of her own accord. "'To take her as she was would be brutal. "'No, he must see some ardour in her eyes first. "'He longed to be master of her strange mood. "'When did you lend him the pound?' she asked after a pause. "'Gabriel strove to restrain himself from breaking out into brutal language "'about the sottish malins and his pound. "'He longed to cry to her from his soul.' to crush her body against his, to overmaster her. But he said, Oh, at Christmas, when he opened that little Christmas card shop in Henry Street. He was in such a fever of rage and desire that he did not hear her come from the window. She stood before him for an instant, looking at him strangely. Then, suddenly raising herself on tiptoe and resting her hands lightly on his shoulders, she kissed him. You are a very generous person, Gabriel, she said. Gabriel, trembling with delight at her sudden kiss and at the quaintness of her phrase, put his hands on her hair and began smoothing it back, scarcely touching it with his fingers. The washing had made it fine and brilliant. His heart was brimming over with happiness. Just when he was wishing for it, she had come to him of her own accord. Perhaps her thoughts had been running with his. Perhaps she had felt the impetuous desire that was in him, and then the yielding mood had come upon her. Now that she had fallen to him so easily, he wondered why he had been so diffident. He stood holding her head between his hands, then slipping one arm swiftly about her body and drawing her towards him, he said softly, Greta dear, what are you thinking about? She did not answer nor yield wholly to his arm. He said again softly, Tell me what it is, Greta. I think I know what is the matter. Do I know? She did not answer at once. Then she said, in an outburst of tears, Oh, I'm thinking about that song. Alas, of Ochrim. She broke loose from him and ran to the bed and, throwing her arms across the bedrail, hid her face. Gabriel stood stock still for a moment in astonishment and then followed her. As he passed in the way of the cheval glass, he caught sight of himself in full length, his broad, well-filled shirt front, the face whose expression always puzzled him when he saw it in a mirror, and his glimmering, gilt-rimmed eyeglasses. He halted a few paces from her and said, What about the song? Why does that make you cry? She raised her head from her arms and dried her eyes with the back of her hand like a child. A kinder note than he had intended went into his voice. Why, Greta? he asked. I'm thinking about a person long ago who used to sing that song. And who was the person long ago? asked Gabriel, smiling. It was a person I used to know in Galway, when I was living with my grandmother, she said. The smile passed away from Gabriel's face. A dull anger began to gather again at the back of his mind, and the dull fires of his lust began to glow angrily in his veins. Someone you were in love with, he asked ironically. It was a young boy I used to know, she answered, named Michael Fury. He used to sing that song, The Lass of Ochram. He was very delicate. Gabriel was silent. He did not wish her to think that he was interested in this delicate boy. I can see him so plainly, she said, after a moment. Such eyes as he had. Big, dark eyes. And such an expression in them. An expression. Oh, then you are in love with him, said Gabriel. I used to go out walking with him, she said, when I was in Galway. A thought flew across Gabriel's mind. Perhaps that was why you wanted to go to Galway with that Ivor's girl he said coldly. She looked at him and asked in surprise, what for? Her eyes made Gabriel feel awkward. He shrugged his shoulders and said, how do I know? To see him, perhaps? She looked away from him along the shaft of light towards the window in silence. He's dead, she said at length. He died when he was only 17. Isn't it a terrible thing to die so young as that? What was he? asked Gabriel, still ironically. He was in the gasworks, she said. Gabriel felt humiliated by the failure of his irony and by the evocation of this figure from the dead, a boy in the gasworks. While he had been full of memories of their secret life together, full of tenderness and joy and desire, she had been comparing him in her mind with another. A shameful consciousness of his own person assailed him. He saw himself as a ludicrous figure, acting as a penny boy for his aunts, a nervous, well-meaning sentimentalist, orating to vulgarians and idealizing his own clownish lusts, the pitiable, fatuous fellow he had caught a glimpse of in the mirror. Instinctively, he turned his back more to the light, lest she might see the shame that burned upon his forehead he tried to keep up his tone of cold interrogation but his voice when he spoke was humble and indifferent i suppose you are in love with this michael fury greta he said i was great with him at that time she said her voice was veiled and sad gabriel feeling now how vain it would be to try to lead her whither he had purposed "'caressed one of her hands and said, also sadly. "'And what did he die of so young, Greta? "'Consumption, was it?' "'I think he died for me,' she answered. "'A vague terror seized Gabriel at this answer, "'as if at that hour when he had hoped to triumph, "'some impalpable and vindictive being was coming against him, "'gathering forces against him in its vague world.' but he shook himself free of it with an effort of reason and continued to caress her hand. He did not question her again, for he felt that she would tell him of herself. Her hand was warm and moist. It did not respond to his touch, but he continued to caress it, just as he had caressed her first letter to him that spring morning.